Welcome to The Weekly, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church, where we look to connect the events of the weekend with our lives lived Monday through Friday. My name is Zach Thompson, and I am here with Pastor Jay Ewing. How are you doing, Jay? You know, my nickname is Pasta Jay sometimes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because there's a Boulder restaurant called Pasta Jay's famous Boulder restaurant. Gotcha. Which is my love language anyways, is food. Like everyone knows that already, coffee and food. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Pasta Jay's is a a historic, historic Italian restaurant down on Pearl Street. Gotcha. Gotcha. So like 1630, (laughs) it's it's been around. Oh, yes. Since then, for sure. You know, that's really funny because you're a pretty sarcastic individual. What? Yeah, I know. No one's surprised by that. But last night, my daughter was trying to, so she's eight. She's trying to explain sarcasm to my son who's six because there's a there's a gap between six and eight where a six-year-old doesn't get sarcasm yet, but an eight-year-old does. Mm. And so I was like really impressed that she was trying to define sarcasm for him. It was hilarious. It was a dad proud. It was a proud dad moment. So you're a dad. In yeah. fact, you're one of those dads of area. I keep, uh, oh, man. keep hanging out. Uh, I heard there was a podcast yeah. one time about that. Yeah, yeah. So that means couple days ago you got to be celebrated yeah you know what it's great father's day is a great time of year i feel like in colorado and actually melissa christensen has told me this before she Mm. feels like mother's day gets the short end of the stick in colorado seasons because it's not yet warm enough to do all the things you would want to do on mother's day Mm. but father's day is in this perfect window in colorado where it's green lush the weather is perfect Usually. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. So So, Father's Day is a great holiday in Colorado. So with it being a great holiday, my question for you then is not so much how you were celebrated. Right. It's what would your ideal Father's Day look like? So that way we can look at what uh, your your family actually did for you and judge it to see how (laughs) how they did. You know, Father's Day is a great day. If the first thing you learn about Father's Day, the first year you're ever a father It's not about you. (laughs) It's about what your family wants to do with you on that day. Gotcha. So the ideal day is just hanging out with family, goofing off, being crazy, and hopefully getting a nap. Mm. Hopefully. It's not always the case, but hopefully. But actually, you know, the Father's Day gift this year was the Astros baseball hat. Is that that a good thing? It's a great thing. I didn't know if they were insulting you. You know, the Astros had a blemish in 2017 a cheating scandal and they got a one year ban for me. I'm a lifelong fan from 1982, March 15th of 1982. Cause I was born on the 14th. Mm. So one day I became an Astros fan. Gotcha. And, um, they had a blemish with this cheating scandal, the world series. It was bad. It's horrible for baseball. And I gave them a one year ban last year. So I'm back this year okay. cheering for my team. So it's it's a gift to welcome you. See, that's it's what I gift. didn't know about. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big baseball guy, right. as, as we've talked about. Uh, so I didn't know if that was an insult, like uh, no. handing you an Astros hat is essentially calling you a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so good to hear that Definitely. that's not the case. No, it was a great present. In fact, I actually bought it for myself. Great, it's because it, hats have to fit perfectly, mm. as you know. Maybe you don't know, but hats have to fit perfectly. Yeah. You can't buy someone a hat. They have to find a hat mm. and then buy it. Does that That's make good. sense? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about a podcast here on the weekly talking about Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's 
it's important. People no. need to know that that you got to find a hat that's a perfect fit. And if you're looking for an event that's a perfect fit for you, where should they look there? Community. Well, we, <laughs> I don't know what you're asking. Uh, we tell no people every single time to go to calvarybible.com oh, slash events. That's what, yeah. You know, I'm a little rusty yeah. for Father's Day. Uh, yeah, I go to so Calvary. much time on these segues, <laughs> and you just kind of stare at me. That was just, <sighs> yeah, if that was know. a 12-foot arc softball, I swung and missed. Yeah. Or maybe didn't even swing, and I was struck out in soft, it wasn't, softball. It wasn't my best anyways, <laughs> but just, just do the ad read. <laughs> hey, man, calvarybible.com is a place you want to go. Why are you always getting stuck with this, by the way? I don't know. You have it in front of you? Yeah, I totally do. Calvarybible.com slash events. Find out what's happening at Calvary by going there. We have great events to connect you to community, which is a major theme today um, as we talk about loving relationships. And a great way to get connected is also, if you're new to Calvary, starting point is about to come for all three count campuses in July. You want to sign up, make sure you know that that's coming called Starting Point. Also, there's so many great things happening this summer. Colorado's open. It's back. It's summer. There's so many great things with kids, students, middle school, high school, men, women. It's a fun time to be around Calvary again. So, calvarybible.com slash events. That is your announcements that I missed in a very interesting segue. There you go. Yeah. As you said, uh, we're talking today about community and there's a lot of opportunities inside those events to find community. And it's important because this summer uh, we're spending some time looking at uh, the marks of a disciple, our distinctives that we have here at Calvary, that we see these as uh, the aspects of a Christian life uh, where uh, we are people who have these in our lives, whether it's biblical authority, we're following the, uh, the teaching of the Bible as our utmost authority, whether it's prayer and faith, seeking to bring all things to God who gives us all things, uh, or today with community, uh, it's we are people who are defined by this and are growing in these things. And so today we're talking about community. Actually, it's called Shaping Values and Loving Relationships. Great. And you can go to calvarybible.com slash mission vision. It's the place you want to go. You can go to calvarybible.com and it's under this header of mission and vision. These shaping values, there are great ways in which we sort of see the marks of disciple of how we grow, how we live, how we thrive Mm. in our relationship with Jesus. And under this Shaping value of loving relationships. It says we commit ourselves to pursue authentic community. And that's that community part we keep talking about. Exactly right. So glad to have you here as a friend to help correct me where (laughs) I was wrong, which is a big part of community. You know, summertime, summer brain, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real thing sometimes. That's right. Hey, but yeah, we talk about pursuing authentic community. And I think we haven't talked about this yet. We're going to jump into some texts. We're going to talk some biblical stuff, but... Mm. I think one of the biggest things for me, and maybe we'll talk about this later on, is authentic community. Yeah. Genuine, genuine community is so important. No fake smiles. No fake smiles. Yeah. No fake handshakes. That's right. Okay, anyways, continue on here. So Christians should be marked by having loving relationships and pursuing loving relationships. And, right. and this is important because, again, we said that uh, we submit to 
the Bible's authority in all things. And if you go to the Bible, you see relationships from the very first pages of it. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the first phrases is, let us make man in our image. And it, it, when people were reading this, certainly they didn't have uh, a deep understanding of the Trinity. Like we get that later on. But as we know that God is in relationship himself and we look back in these passages, we see God in perfect, authentic relationship from the very beginning, from before the creation of the universe. And so it helps us to see that God himself models loving relationships to us, that God could not be God without being in relationship with himself. And I know there's some deep theology there, and we don't fully need to get that to get this point, that God is in relationship with himself, and as a result of that, we too pursue the same thing. Yeah, and one of the most instinctives beyond just that moment is that if God models it to us, it means it's pretty important. Yeah, that's right. And, and says it again, uh, this the similar idea, not, not too far after that. After Adam is made, uh, God looks and says, it is not good for man to be alone. And so we use this passage a lot for marriage as, as Eve is given to Adam uh, as a fulfillment of that loneliness there. But that's just one of the loving relationships that we need. The principle there is so true. It is not good for man. It is not good for a woman to be alone. We all need people. We need some loving relationships in our life. They are formative. They, they shape us. They help spur us on to follow, uh, to follow God, uh, even more so. And so we need these relationships. Yeah, we do. And I love this passage. It speaks so deeply to my own human journey is that I, I do not do well when I am alone. Mm. And, um, you know, I spent my twenties single. I was I didn't get married until right before I turned 30. And um, those were some hard years for me. Sure. And that's part of the reason is because um, I wasn't, I was alone most yeah. of the time. And, you know, I was in community. I lived in community. But there's something instinctive about these loving relationships, this bond of mutuality where you can thrive in the human experience with others who are genuine and authentic with you. That's good. Yeah. So with that being a hard time for you, it, it does make me wonder, what are some of those loving relationships that you've have that, that have shaped you over the years. Any, any come to mind in there? You know, I, I've been blessed and in my own story with lots of great community over the years in mm. many different segments, many different stages of my life. Um, you know, when I talk about this, we usually think about our relationship with our, our spouses and mm. that is definitely one of the ways in which I've thrived just talk to my friends before I got married and after I got married. Yeah. They'll tell you, yeah, you married out of your league and yep. up. Um, but, you know, one of the things we don't think about sometimes in this sort of context is uh, a mentoring relationship. Mm. I have been shaped deeply by um, being in authentic community with men who were older than me to show me the way through a season. Yeah. To guide, to pray, to have those long conversations. And I think that authentic community with those men has really been profound in the way in which we talk about loving relationships is that it was a, it was a space and time that um, they gave to me in order for that authentic community. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What about you? So uh, similar, there, there are so many people that I could name in this, but the one that my mind always goes to uh, it, 
that's let me back up really fast. There are so many people who have shaped me to be the person that I am because right. they've entered into loving relationships with me and I couldn't be who I am without, without them. But the first one that comes to mind outside of Emily is Dr. Darian Lockett. He is still at Biola University Talbot School of Theology. Uh, he was the first professor that I had on that campus. I walk in as an 18 year old, my first college class and it's a Greek class. Wow. And yet he just oozed enthusiasm and care and pastoral love in that role that it, that it was captivating. And more so than that, he set aside his Friday mornings to spend time with me and listen to my whining and complaining, self-diagnosing yeah. that. He never said that. Of who has God made me to be? How do I pay for college? What am I supposed to do with my life? It's this. No, next week it's this. Nope, it's, it's this. And he just took the time to walk through the Bible with me, to walk through texts, to care for me, and to love me inside of that. And he has had so much impact on me. I, I wrote him an email a little bit ago and, and like he didn't even realize like how special it was to me. He was just being that person. And, and yet I could not be here without Dr. Lockett. Yeah, I, I think about actually that's a really great story, Zach. I really appreciate that and you sharing it. I think also about this last season of crisis with the COVID and mm-hmm. we were in home groups. And I, I'll say this, I... I thrived in a way I didn't expect based upon my own home group. And I know that's not everyone's experience. I know that's not, um, I hope it is, but I, I genuinely know that that's not everyone's experience. But in my own experience in this season, that community was a place where I, when I walked in the door, it was like the guard was down, mm. the deep breaths were taken, and I was in this loving relationship with these individuals in a crisis season that really profoundly kept me sustained me and encouraged me in ways that uh i just i'm super blessed by so that was a very authentic community environment for me in this last year oh that's so good yeah and that's what we want from this it's we as christians need loving relationships and we as calvary bible church want this to be a family for you. We want it to be a place where you are known and that you can help others feel known as well. And the key thing that we bring up for this all the time is the one another's of the of the Bible. So as you read throughout, specifically the text of the New Testament, you'll come across the, the phrase one another or each other at least 40 times throughout it. I've seen 57 as the number thrown around. That's a really high. I didn't know it was yeah. that high, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, so really, I, I didn't tell you about this before, but, uh, there, there's this blogger that I, a Christian blogger that I like named Tim Jallies. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he, if nothing else shows me where to find cheap discounted eBooks, Oh, great! but he's got some good content in, in there as well. He works, uh, on this website called visual theology. So visual theology dot church is what it is. Mm-hmm. And they have this, uh, what they do is they take theological context, uh, concepts and they make them look beautiful. And they have one for the one another's where it's basically like just bubbles popping up of all the, the one another's that are in the Bible and a quick reference to that. It is so beautiful to look at and to see what God calls people to do to each other in the text of scripture. And and there's a ton. They're like love one another is on there, bear one another's burdens, all the one another's that we read throughout the text. And like we said, they pop up regularly we're called 
to do this, and we do that in loving relationship. Uh, and so wanted to just kind of walk through some basic ideas. Tim Challies again, breaks down these 40-something usage of the one another's into four main topics, unity, hospitality, devotion, and edification. Mm. So how do we have loving relationship? It's we pursue unity, hospitality, devotion, and edification. So unity is the first and main one. Uh, we cannot, without unity, we cannot have any of the other one another's because you can't be with one another if you are in opposition, if you're fighting, if you're driving each other apart. Unity is that which all one another's comes down to. And, and it shouldn't be shocking to us. Jesus himself, on uh, some of the last words that we have recorded of him, he is in the garden. He's praying for his disciples in John 17. And his prayer for his people, and not just those who are alive at the time, but those who come afterwards, is that they would be defined by the fact that they are one. And in fact, he says it three or four times in this passage, that they might be one, uh, just as God himself is one. So the prayer in this is for unity. Uh, community begins and ends with un- uh, with unity. And the way we get there is through humility. Until we esteem others better than ourselves, until we learn to submit to one another, uh, one of the one another's right there, out of reverence for Christ, that's Ephesians 5.21. Until we do that, we can never have unity and we can never have loving relationships. That's, that's really cool. And I think super thoughtful as we t- t- think through loving relationships what are you th- what do you think are some great resources or ways in which to think about this moving forward in our own lives and what have you been inspired by i guess outside of even this one another's of these bible passages yeah so i mean the greatest cause for us to seek relationship in general and uh after unity we'll touch on those three other aspects of the one another's just a second but the entire spur for this is what jesus has done we cannot pursue there is no rational reason to pursue the good of other people without the fact that Jesus has pursued the good of us. Mm. Uh, and it's undeservedly so. We did nothing to make Jesus earn our love. And so because we have been so loved, we seek to love others in the same way. Uh, we love because he first loved us, as as First John tells us. And so we pursue unity. We pursue putting aside our differences. We pursue not holding anything stronger than we hold to uh, Jesus who brings us together. Paul writes that that there is no longer uh, a Jew nor Greek, man or woman. There is nothing that should divide God's people together because we are brought together by a stronger force, which is Jesus. And while we can disagree, and we should disagree at times, it makes us be stronger, uh, this should always be done with unity as the focus super interesting yeah so pursuing and reading more of what jesus has done helps us to seek out these love and relationships more there's other good books out there the the classic is bonhoeffer uh, uh dietrich's bonhoeffer book life together it just shows a picture of how to live in this community it is a there's a few books out there that are must reads and one of them is Bonhoeffer. There should be a podcast on like books that, that Christians should be reading. Yeah, there is. Actually, this June's podcast, or actually you might be listening to it in July on the book list, is Bonhoeffer's biography. Oh, so, good. you know, it's he's a German theologian. He stayed, he actually left and came back to the Nazi occupation of Germany to actually live out his faith. Ended up being in a concentration camp. But he wrote a treatise 
or a book called Life Together. And he has some famous, famous, famous quotes from that book. Yeah, absolutely. So get to one in just a second, just to wrap up the one another's quickly. Uh, the other one is hospitality. It's how we care and uh, the care that we show to others. So it says, greet one another, live in harmony, be kind. Uh, hospitality itself is in First Peter chapter 4, verse 2. We show devotion. It's the expression of love and loyalty that's rooted in both duty and light. So we're commanded to be devoted to one another, to love one another, but it's also our highest joy to do so. So we love one another. We're humble. We have compassion. We bear another in love. Another in love. And the last way that these edif- uh, one another's are summarized is edification. We build each other up, whether it's towards love or towards holiness or towards the knowledge of God. We help each other grow closer to Him. And so, want to wrap that up with a Bonhoeffer quote, uh, just That's to great. just to wrap as it a resource yeah. too. Yeah, from Life Together. In mine, it was page eighty-nine. It said, "We are members of a body, not only when we choose to be." But in our, t- our whole existence, every member serves the whole body, whether it's healthy or to its detriment. So no matter what we are doing, we are forming this church that we are part of. We're forming the groups that we're in. And so we pursue loving relationships because that is how we form this church the way God has called it to be. Yeah, man, that's really good. Another resource is to hop on to CalvaryBible.com and discover all the ways you can get connected Here at Calvary, you know, I'm the community life pastor. I'm intentional about trying to create authentic community. That's my task here Mm -hmm. anyways, I should say. And one of the things we talk a lot about in that is biblical communities on mission. Every group at Calvary has that under its its main focus, being biblical, opening up God's word, being community, living in authentic community, loving relationships, all that that we've been talking about, and then mission, being on mission what God's doing in our own lives, what he's doing in the world, what he's doing at Calvary are sort of all that has to go under these groups. And I would say, you know, if you aren't in community, this is a great way for you to find community Mm. and to be in a loving relationship with others here at Calvary. And that's just a resource for you to go to calvarybible.com slash groups. Um, That's an easy way for you to get plugged in, talk to your representative on your campuses, um, they're always a click away, email away for you to get involved in what God's doing, not only here, but what could, God could be doing in your own life in a community with authentic relationships. Yeah, that's good. It is not good for man to be alone. We cannot live the Christian life without people. And it's hard to do one another's if we look over and there's no one else over there. Yeah. And so we, we are designed to need community. We need to be pursuing authentic relationship and so grateful to have a place like Calvary where we can get people plugged in to help us live the life that God has called us to, to be able to live the life that God has called us to and get to see the joy that comes from having people with us. Yeah, that's right. Calvary. We want you to get plugged in, go to calvarybible.com, reach out to us, talk to us on each campus is, if you're on online campus, reach out mm-hmm. through calvarybible.com. We would love to connect you in community. We have real living present communities, so like they meet in person. And then mm-hmm. we also have digital communities. And those are live, real people on amazing use of technology to get you connected so you aren't alone. And that is one of the shaping values here at Calvary. So as you see, there's a theme here over the next month or so. We're in the shaping value values what's next as a shaping value here on the podcast do you know 
Uh, why did you put me on the spot? <laughs> well, the next one coming up is moral excellence and moral confident excellence. Yeah, and that's yeah. a really fun like, holy life and mm-hmm. a confident witness and mm-hmm. faithful stewardship. Gotcha. Are all coming up. Those are all good things here in the podcast. So you want to tune in. Also, write us at the weekly at calvarybible.com. Let us know how you see loving relationships play out in your life. Resources that you found helpful. We'd oh, love yes. to hear from you. Yes, tell us, tell us that. And don't forget in the show notes, like always. There will be the Life Together link to the Bonhoeffer book. Mm. Visual because theology as well? Visual theology. Yeah, Great. Well, not. Perfect. I just, I clicked on it for the very first time while you're yeah. talking. It looks awesome. Yeah. All right, Calvary. We love you. Have a great week. See you very soon. Peace out.